It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, your Rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin on the recruiting trail inside Camp Randall Stadium and, of course, on the court of the Kohl Center. And early signing periods coming up next week. We'll have a bunch of coverage, both online in terms of written stuff. We'll have player profiles. We're going to have some more interviews coming up this weekend with commits. But We'll get to that a little later, you know, in terms of like th- this weekend and whatnot. For this podcast, we're talking some Wisconsin basketball and Wisconsin's 64-59 win over Indiana on Wednesday. And I have two friends joining me from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We got J.R. Radcliffe. We got Kurt Hogue. My friends, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I can't speak for Kurt, but I'm doing good. What are you up to, Kurt? Well, you know, just, just just hanging out. Um, how's it going, strangers? Long time no see. I don't you, you guys, you three, yeah, you two are among my close friends in this reporting biz, and uh, it's good having you guys on. And we're talking here because we're doing a little bit of a, a fun show. We're gonna blend some stats. You'll, I'm gonna throw off some takeaways. All of us will from that win against the Hoosiers, and the reason why I'm having both Jr. And Kurt on, Kurt on. It, it's it's gonna be fun because we're gonna go back in time. We're doing a time cap, so we're going back to 1998 and, and the last time Indiana beat Wisconsin in Madison. It was the first year of the Kohl Center being open, and we'll you know JNR, JR and I are of course you know adolescents or teenagers of the 90s, and we're gonna go back and place not can't play some hits. We don't have royalty funds to uh, pay for those. But uh, we will have some uh, fun tidbits of information there. But real quick, folks, just a couple things with this game. The Badgers won their 19th straight contest against Indiana at home. They're 19-1 and overall against the Hoosiers inside the Kohl Center. The last one coming in 1998, which, again, that's when the Kohl Center you know, commenced you know, bringing in people to, to the stands there. Uh, and it's... Uh, from UW's game notes verbatim, uh, 19 straight home wins uh, you know, over Indiana is the school's second longest streak versus a Big Ten opponent, trailing its active 20-game home streak versus Penn State. Uh, so that's impressive. And, of course, during that game for Wisconsin, wiped out a 22-point deficit in the first half. Uh, tied school record, you know, with that going back to 1990, it was 1976, when they did that against uh, – they wiped out that deep of a deficit – against Ohio State there. So, you know, I guess with that, guys, lots to dig into. You know, Kurt, let's start with off with you. What's one takeaway you had from that win this week, you know, this week? Look, I, I know Johnny Davis is the guy, right? But it's it had been about seven or eight games of seeing flashes of Chris Vote and behind the scenes in a few a few chats, I was I was hyping up Chris Vogt's abilities, mostly as a rebounder, um, a screen setter, kind of a rim protector. So not, a, you know, nothing flashy, but like he hadn't really done much. He hadn't really played much outside of grabbing a few rebounds. 
And then in the second half, he's the second best player on the court. And the court involved a potential NBA player, Trace Jackson Davis. So I was I was really interested to see Chris Vogt showing off his, his skill in game, hitting floaters, hitting a spin left-hand hook off glass, um, passing out to Johnny Davis on that three. It was it was a really a really good game um, from Chris Vogt. Now there's a lot of other takeaways. So, but I'm kicking this off with a little uh, with a little Chris Vogt confidence. What about you, Jr.? Uh, well, first of all, I I can't believe there's a team that they've beaten more times in a row at home than Indiana. The the Penn State has not been anything approaching Indiana's level of success historically. So I guess it's not as shocking. But uh, but that that is uh, that is also crazy. It's kind of a, a relic from when they were unbeatable against pretty much anybody at the Kohl Center for for a pretty good stretch there. I mean, obviously, vote is is kind of the the, the second guy that you think of the game uh, aside from Johnny Davis. But yeah, and our colleague Jeff Patrickus wrote kind of this morning at JSOnline.com about the other guys who who contribute. You know, that we wrote a little more about Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn who hit some cl- like calm clutch free throws it's hard not to be impressed with with Hepburn so far as a, as a true freshman starting as, as a point guard there you're getting a little bit of valuable you know valuable minutes off the bench from from Carlson Jordan David so it, it is it's starting creeping up to the point where you know like as good as Wisconsin has been to start the season as impressive and surprising as they've been you figure team teams will figure out how to stop Johnny Davis here especially as we get deeper into Big Ten play you got to have that supporting cast. They have a, a you know a guy who's you know twelfth year senior Brad Davison, so they they do have like a second guy. But now you know they've got several second guys, guys who could potentially you know come come through in, in any number of ways, tons of the floor. So it's starting more more like a team is like you know one player who caught real fire, and then a couple guys you know help, helping out here and there. It, it's it's starting to feel like a team that can actually finish in the top few spots in the big 10. I know it's only one big 10 game, but uh, that's, that's really, that's, that's crazy to me. Crazy thinking of where this team was at the beginning of the season where I think everybody was like, are they a NCAA tournament team? It'd be kind of a reach to think of them getting there. And now it's like, well, now you have to think they're kind of on track for that. I think it'd be a disappointment at this point, if they didn't end up in that NCAA field and, uh, and man, 22 points down, you just don't see back, let alone Wisconsin, uh, over the years, a Wisconsin team coming back from 22 down, you'd say, well, it must be like 2015 or something. But uh, sure enough. And covering on top of that for those who like to, uh, to gamble a little bit of everything else. How about that? When they're, when they're 22 down, it's not just that they're down by 22, but it's Wisconsin. And you know there's probably, what, like 35 maybe possessions left in that game. There's not a lot of basketball left. Like they had to outscore Indiana by like almost an entire point per possession, and they did. It's it's absurd. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at that. Like my takeaway was just that second half defense, where you know, and just overall holding Indiana. Like Indiana scored 42 points in the first half, and they held them to 17. They scored 59 total, and it went from shooting nearly 55% from the field for the Hoosiers down to 22.6, uh, 7 of 31 overall, and, you know, three-pointers to 5 of 8 in the first 20 minutes, the final 20, 0 of 5 for Indiana. So that, you know, that defense came together, and then you saw just what Wisconsin can do with the spurts, and we are wondering what this team could do during Big Ten play 
with its offense if it wasn't clicking right. And well, that's you saw some some you, that G word grit uh, come through for the Badgers, and they start off Big Ten play with a win. Now you know we teased this before, and, and Jr. I know this may be a little bit more for you know us because we're gonna go down memory lane with this, but the last win by. Indiana in Madison was January 25th, 1998, a 69-59 uh, win yes. over Wisconsin. Uh, let's go back to 1998, my friend. I was a, oh gosh, I was, I think, a eighth grade that year. Uh, and then going in my freshman year into the summer and fall. So my days of cargo pants, which, I mean, I'm still a dad. So I still wear cargo pants uh, and whatnot. But you know, number one hit Billboard Hot 100 uh, for that week was "Together Again" by Janet Jackson. I listened to listened to it last night. My wife's like, "What are you listening to?" I'm like, I'm just re- rehashing my my memories, jogging my memories. Before that, that earlier that month was the uh, "Candle in the Wind." If you remember that back in the day uh, with Elton John with the uh, for Princess Diana and. Uh, number one album on the Billboard R&B hip hop charts, "Money, Power, and Respect" by The Locks. Uh, number one hit in the box office, according to Box Office Mojo by IMDb. Of course, Titanic for y'all. Y'all remember the Celine Dion, "My Heart Will Go On." Uh, what do you remember from that, JR? Because you you've kept some extensive records back in that day of of pop culture and music too. I have, and I'm trying to double check this because I thought I. I I don't have together again as being in a uh, as being number one on Billboard, but but I also wasn't paying attention to Billboard. I was paying attention to uh, Casey's uh, Casey's top forty, American top forty at that time. Uh, I remember nineteen ninety eight being all about Titanic. That was a huge year um, yep. for the box office. I believe that's the first movie to clear a billion. That might be domestic box office. I'm not sure if that's domestic or you know who cares. But like that movie was the biggest thing in the world, the Celine Dion song, My Heart Will Go On, biggest thing in the world. It, it wins Best Picture. Leo DiCaprio is a superstar at that point. Um, that was for several weeks into 1998. It comes out in late 97, but uh, 98. That was that was everything that was going on uh, on my on my records because yes, okay. when I was in high school, I kept weekly records. I was into music big time, which is very ironic because right now I couldn't tell you anything about music. Uh, popular music at all <laughs> number one number one that week for for my records was tub thumping by chumba wumba so uh Ooh, okay yeah you get knocked down I you get, get knocked back down up. yeah they got knocked down they got back up again yeah, and stayed up. up for 19 consecutive games that's what i'm saying um truly madly deeply by savage garden walking on the sun by smash mouth those are the songs that are that are uh that are big at the moment uh matchbox 20 is big in, in the moment 3 a.m uh, for me, it's Our Lady Peace. I'm discovering rock music, so that's what that's big. What I'm into, Clumsy, has just crossed my radar and is is my favorite song of the moment. Uh, you've got you you've got some Unforgiven Two, Metallica's out there. So like, there's a lot there's a lot going on. Creed is just starting out. Um, big big time, 1998. Uh, I remember Furbies were big in '98 for, yep. for the kids, for people who might be a little younger. Maybe two year old Kurt had a Furby when he was uh, when he was you know waddling around in 1998. And, uh, oh, let's see. There was, there was one more thing that I thought, oh, oh, big, big year for nerds, huge year for nerds because Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone is now in America mm. for the first time. And the first, uh, the, the first of the new Star Wars movies, the Phantom Menace has arrived. So, uh, huge moment in time for nerds, people who like music. This is absolutely the cross section of me. 
And it's the last time Indiana won in the Kohl Center. The only time Indiana won in the Kohl Center. Never beat Bo Ryan. Never never won there since uh, – hasn't haven't won there since 1998. Truly a spectacular run for well, – a spectacular time and then a spectacular run to follow by the Badgers. You are not only the trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, you are the BadgerBlitz.com uh, pop historian extra, you know, uh, we need to figure out, yeah, some sort of uh, official title there. And, you know, I remember too, I mean, I was looking back, goal, we established this and JR said this, Kurt was two years old in 1998. So let's just talk about, you know, so I'm feeling my age there. But for that matter, GoldenEye, was released five months earlier on the N64. So I never actually had GoldenEye, but I played it a lot as, as a adolescent slash teen uh, for the N64. That was released in, on August of 1997, August 25th, 1997. For those that are in video games, Resident Evil 2, according to this is a source of Wikipedia, so bear with me with that. Uh, Resident Evil 2 was released four days prior uh, to the loss to the, the Hoosiers there. So those that love that horde uh, trilogy, you know, the, well, not even a trilogy. It's a entire, what do you call it? Like, yeah, series. So the second installment there was released on January 21st, 1998. So much going on there. Uh, Kurt, you had some great performances from this. You wanted to, to share. And, you know, of course you and I, Kurt came from Bucky's fifth quarter and you had a, you know, you, we've written together and you've covered basketball for the Badgers when you're a student reporter, but you, you've had some great moments. And also, I believe you had a, uh, an experience with a head coach as well. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a good lead. And first I want to say, I'm glad we could go through all of JR's favorite songs from 1998 because mine was Rockabye Baby uh, in the treetop. <laughs> At that time, uh, I was two, so I'm just glad that we could have the preeminent expert on the '90s. When you know people like there's there's like a there's Packers historians, there's Brewers historians. You know, everyone has their special their special corner of the history world. In like 30 years, Jr. is going to be like the the foremost scholar expert on the '90s. Put me on all the '90s documentaries and '90s podcasts. I'd love. I could talk about this. For days and days. I'm a little disappointed, Kurt, that your parents didn't sing you 90s pop songs or, or rock songs as lullabies, as I certainly have done for my children when they were two years old. So they are also very versed in the 90s calendar or catalog, I should say. Maybe they did, but I'm going to not. I'm going to guess not. So, but yeah, um, <laughs> I went through and I was just charting a little bit about each of these 19 wins. It took me a long time. Uh, especially once back for like 2008 play-by-play -play data starts to get like really sparse, which tells you how long this streak has been going on. Like the internet was around and all that stuff, but like there's just not a ton of not a ton of info on most of these games. Um, but it's just it's, it was kind of funny to see how many times Indiana had like should have won or could have won, and each time has failed to win. It's just it's not like the Badgers are blowing them out. Like, if you look at the streak against Penn State, I would venture to guess there's not a whole lot of games Penn State could have won. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there was this year's game, but up by 22. Last year, remember, uh, Dimitri Trice had hit two shots to tie the game in the final 30 seconds of regulation overtime. Um, just a lot of other ones, like 2016, uh, Yogi Ferrell, Kevin Yogi Ferrell, uh, scored with 
30 seconds left to take a lead. Nigel Hayes shot 22 free throws in that game. The Badgers won in overtime. 2014, they trailed 29-19 to 19 at halftime against the one and only Tom Crean. And if you remember earlier in that year, Indiana had ended Wisconsin's, what was it, a 17-0 streak to begin the year, 16-0, something like that. Um, and so as they were walking to halftime, kind of going out the tunnel, I was I was standing in the student section on the far end by where the opponent comes in. And I don't remember what I said to Tom Green. It wasn't anything, it wasn't anything vulgar or super mean. I think I said something about his haircut, maybe. And he 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 yelled he yelled something back. I don't remember what it was, but he stood there for about five seconds on his way walking back to the tunnel, yelled something back at me. I had 29, 29 to 19 going into the locker room. And then in the second half, the batters took the lead within five minutes and won by eleven. So <laughs> That was that was my part that I played in in the win streak with Wisconsin. Obviously, now they they sit eight and one as they head into Ohio State. Any quick thoughts on what's going to happen against Ohio State? Obviously, you have EJ Liddell, who's the big name for Ohio State, averaging nearly twenty points a game, seven rebounds per contest. Uh, any big uh, takeaways coming up, Kurt? I liked what Wisconsin did against Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I think EJ Liddell's a little bit different of a player, and also Ohio State will make an effort to get him the ball where it seemed like Indiana kind of went away from playing inside out. So that'll that'll be interesting to see if you know if the Badgers continue to throw those post doubles at him. Um, he kind of beat the Badgers last year by hitting some shots from from deep and you know some mid range shots. So. Uh, that that matchup will be interesting. See if the Badgers throw crawl. See if they throw vote wall. You know what kind of defense they they bring at him. But the Badgers have had a tough time historically winning at uh, the Bargain Furniture Center. What do they call it there? It is the. They just even say that. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at UW right now on their site, and it just says at Ohio State. Let's see. It's a Value City Arena. That, yeah, Valley City. There I go. like the bargain bin arena better. <laughs> so yeah, uh, of course in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, 11 a.m. tip off on the Big Ten Network. Guys, I appreciate the walk down memory lane, uh, both sports wise and I'd say music and the pop culture. What? Okay, before we let you go, Jr. What's the one thing that you from that the late '90s there that you? that will stick with you forever oh that's a that's a tough question um yeah because the sports teams i cheered for weren't particularly spectacular so there isn't like a there isn't a sports memory that really sticks out i so let me let me actually jump ahead a little bit because uh, you were talking about uh wins in this streak the first one which is in the year 2000 is really really important it's the last game of the regular season for the 2000 Wisconsin Badgers basketball team. They needed that win to finish 500 in conference. Uh, they win 56-53. Duaney Duaney uh, scores uh, scores like nine straight points at one point, rallies the team back from a 12-point deficit. Um, it really, They really had to battle back to win that game. Maurice Linton, who I actually spoke to about uh, when I did an oral history of the 2000 team a couple years back, it was like, well, I had to have one good game throughout the stretch. And he said that was it. And it was. like He had 16 points, <laughs> 10 rebounds. Um, Indiana was number 14 at the time. And so that win was big because that 
sort of ensured that they were going to go to the NCAA tournament. It was pretty likely, even though they had just kind of a middling record. But uh, they needed that win. They had, I think they got a couple wins maybe in the Big Ten tournament, maybe only one. But no, they got two, and they were, they were comfortable at that point. They get into the NCAA tournament, and then they make this ridiculous, improbable run to the Final Four, uh, including a win over Purdue in the Elite Eight. I think that a lot of people remember. Very vivid moment. Uh, one of my last months of high school is, is March of 2000. And I just remember losing my mind when they finished off Purdue. I was uh, setting up for a high school dance, helping with a bunch of other kids on student, some student governing body, uh, the high school dance, and lost my mind. They're going to the Final Four, going to the Final Four with this, this sort of ragtag bunch, no all-conference players on that team, not first, not second, not honorable mention. There was nothing. So uh, so that was sort of a, a pretty cool memory from my, you know, the last couple months of high school, senior year of high school. Uh, so that's not technically the 90s, but it does it does tie into the streak a little bit. I was a big music guy in the 90s. I could tell you 97, 98, 99, I'm pretty comfortable telling you if a song came out, like when it came out, how well it did on the charts, that sort of thing. I think everybody, those last three years of high school are kind of everybody's wheelhouse when it comes to locking in memories and things, tastes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So so that stuff was all, was all very cool. Obviously, the, the Packers were at the tail end there where they were they were doing well, you know, the the Terrell Owens catch, I remember, and of course the Super Bowls and all that. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, it was a good time. I love the '90s. Anyone who knows me knows this, and uh, I love to talk about it. Awesome. Well, I the 2000, you JR, the 2000 was Wisconsin's second in 37 meetings with Indiana. At that yeah, time. I want to say so from ni- uh, ending in '95, the '95-'96 season, I believe Indiana had won 31 consecutive games against Wisconsin in any venue. Um, I, I'm not positive of that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Like 31 straight wins. Of course, Indiana was like the premier, one of the premier powerhouse programs in all the country. You know, UCLA, in, you know, Indiana was the UCLA of the, of the Midwest. So that makes sense. The Badgers weren't good. Uh, but then, yeah, it's the script has completely flipped. And, and it's not, Badgers are very good at Assembly Hall too. It's not just at the Kohl Center. It's, it's not as lengthy of a streak, of course, but uh, Badgers have had a lot of great moments against Indiana. Now, before we let you guys go, what do you guys guys got going on at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel? Kurt, I know with what you do with the preps, you have the early signing period coming up next week. JR, you know, I know you're you're everywhere. So what what do you guys have going on? I'll start off with you, uh, Kurt. Yeah, we're in the swing of things in basketball season now. So, or not just basketball season, but all of winter sports. So basketball's rolling, wrestling's rolling, all that stuff. But yeah, signing period's coming up, so. Never, never a dull moment uh, from the stretch of August until end of June, pretty much. There's always, always some local prepsters taking the field. What about you, JR? I've got a smattering of things up at jsonline.com, as always. I did look back at the 1976 game that you alluded to, the win over Ohio State. Uh, battling back from 22 points down. They didn't even have a three-point line, so uh, they had to do it without that. Plus, uh, that game went to overtime. Badgers started 2-0 and that year in Big Ten. They then lost 14 consecutive games. Uh, so it was a tough, <laughs> tough finish. They ended up winning their last two, so 4-14 four and 14 for ninth place. Uh, that Indiana team in 1976 uh, was not about to lose to the Badgers. I believe they won by 40 and 30-some points, but I don't remember. It was, it was obnoxious. Indiana, that was the last undefeated team. Thanks to the 2015 Wisconsin team, that is the last undefeated team in NCAA Division One men's basketball. Uh, so, uh, so that Indiana team was 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 quite quite dominant. 
so I, I did look at that. I got my eye on the Badger volleyball team right now. They're going to be playing for a chance to go to the Final Four on uh, Saturday against Goldie. Maybe maybe a little atonement for what happened in the Axe game just uh, just a little while back, just a week ago. So uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. Folks, that's J.R. Radcliffe, Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We're going to take a quick break, come back. I'm going to wrap up the show, talk about what will happen next week and this weekend for BadgerBlitz.com with the early signing period here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Big thanks again to J.R. Radcliffe, to Kurt Hogue from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for stopping by and taking us down memory lane. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really, again, those are two among several close friends in, in this reporting game that I've gotten to know throughout my time covering the Badgers. And again, that was a lot of fun. I wanted to have a little bit of a, a different flavor today because I feel like we've kind of cross-pollinated with our YouTube channel recently. We've done a lot with, uh, you know, post-game press conferences, just trying to lighten it up, give it a little bit different feel compared to what we've done because we've, you know, we're so heavy on content or even real in-depth analysis. It's good to kind of take a step back and just seeing just – where the program's gone, and again, Wisconsin winning, you know, holding the streak where Indiana has not won in Madison since the first year of the Kohl Center being uh, used is incredible. So it was fun little, you know, stroll down memory lane, especially for, for me where I'm turning 38 in just a couple weeks. So, again, big thanks to JR and Kurt. Thank you all, by the way, for listening and tuning in. We're going to have a lot of coverage, kind of previewing what's going to be going forward on the BadgerBlitz.com, you know, on BadgerBlitz.com, either on this podcast, on our YouTube channel. We're supposed to be talking with a couple of players 
in the next couple of days leading up to the early signing period for our video interviews. We just had Vinny Anthony II and Austin Brown on this week. We're slated to have Curtis Neal to talk with. We had a reschedule from last week. We're supposed to be talking with him on Saturday uh, it is, and whatnot. And then we're going to have a tons of, of player profiles on BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to have a roundtable. Benjamin Wargel is going to look back on, on one of the previous classes. I believe it's a class of 2017 and give some grades after they, you know, after they've essentially completed their eligibility, right? Uh, leading up to the bowl game, the Las Vegas bowl. you also have, we'll have again, player profiles up with each. We have, I've had so many interviews with these players of late too. So there's a, a lot going on. Make sure you go to badgerblitz.com. Wisconsin.rivals.com, our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Badger Blitz. Find all those cool interviews. We have post-game stuff for football, two interviews. If you want to go back through the 2021 season. And then on top of that, uh, yeah, click that subscribe and like button like you do with here on Apple or Spotify or Google or wherever you find podcasts. Do the same for YouTube. Helps us out uh, and gives us an ability to really expand this profile. We've been doing this. We've been gradually increasing it, and we have a lot of fun doing it as well. So, for Facebook, check in Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. On Twitter, for me, it's at Badger underscore Blitz. For John McNamara, it's at McNamara Rivals. For me, at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O, and then Ben Wargle, the Badger Nation. And, of course, Raul, Raul Vasquez, our staff writer, Raul V 45 all one word there, no underscore there. So make sure you guys tune in. To We're going to be a very busy week. Well, whatever football availability is there uh, in terms of either early signing period talk from the coaches or from you know just analysis going on, we're going to have a lot going on there. There's basketball, uh, and then, again, whatever football we have leading up to the Las Vegas Bowl, BadgerBlitz.com will be there to cover it. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe if you're here in the in Midwest, especially in the central and northern Wisconsin with the snow. Uh, y'all be well. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.